Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. I'm your host Richard and I am on a mission to grow all my fruit, vegetables and herbs in both my allotment and my garden. And thank you so much for joining me on this exciting journey of sustainability and rewarding garden. Now today's episode we have got a lot to get through. We've got the latest from our home plot then we're going to be diving into how we go about growing sweet corn and then of course we have the latest developments from the allotment so let's crack on with it shall we it is saturday the 13th of may 2023 today and i'm in my garden here at home it's been an absolutely beautiful day the sun has been shining it's been warm with a little bit of a breeze and it has been absolutely fantastic i spent a few hours in the garden today roxy has been out with me as well just lying in the sun chewing on sticks and just uh making the most of this good weather while we have it let's hope we get many more days like this going on throughout this year during the week i've actually been able to keep on top of the weeding here as i say quite often every morning i'm out in the garden between sort of 7 30 and 8 30 just doing an hour's gardening before i go to work and i do things like weeding and watering and pricking out and potting up and it means that when it comes to the weekend such as today i can just get on with the big jobs that i want to do the first thing that i wanted to do was plant out some of my broccoli plants i got a few plants that are ready to go outside and I just wanted to plant two in this brassica bed I have here at home along with the cabbage and the cauliflowers and the Brussels sprouts that are already planted. Now this bed has been quite had a, quite a bit of lime added to it over the last few weeks plenty of feed plenty of compost so it is a good bed and I certainly can see the cabbages and the cauliflowers look like they are doing really really well. But what I did is I cut the grass areas that I'm cutting. As I said last week, there's areas that I'm not cutting. But the areas that I have cut, I've used that grass clippings to mulch around some of these plants as well. I did this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm continuing on just using that grass as a mulch in a brassica bed at the moment. This will be used in other places as well. I know I go on about mulching all the time, but mulching is one of the best ways to really reduce the amount of time that you need to spend weeding and watering. After that I then headed over to the straw bale garden area. As you know I'm experimenting with straw bale garden and I've set up five straw bales and what I did is I've planted out during the week one of the tomato plants into the straw bales and then in another I've sown some pea seeds straight into the straw bale. Now what I've done today is I've actually planted out another tomato because the tomato seems to be absolutely fine continuing to grow so very very happy with that. The peas aren't showing any signs just yet but we will see what happens. I, I sowed some peas in compost in the greenhouse at the same time so it's going to be a good experiment to see how well the peas germinate. But what I've also done is I've planted cauliflowers into the brassica straw bale and on the root straw bale I've added compost on the top and then I've sown some carrot seeds directly into that compost. We're hoping that the carrots are going to germinate and grow and push down into the straw. As I said this is all very much experimental this year with a straw bale garden. I think the tomatoes are going to do fine 
We've got a fifth bale that is the younger one out of the five, shall we say, that I haven't planted up just yet. That is going to be for peppers and and chilies and we're probably going to add some squash plants in here as well this is all experimental as i said to see just what gets on very very well now after that i headed over to the main vegetable area as i said i've already done the brassica bed today but i planted out some leek seedlings and some of my pickling onion seedlings now all i've done well full of leek i just dip a hole and drop a single leek seedling into it and then i water over to fill that hole back up with water and soil just gently i find this is what's known as paddling in it works very very well and i've put in two rows of leeks which should give us plenty of leeks and i've got plenty more now to go down to the allotment i'm trying to work it out that i plant a lot of plants at home with as many plants as i can at home and then all the extras go down to the allotment now i've also gone down to one of the newer beds this year which is a bed that has no sides this is just cardboard on top of the grass and then compost on top and i've planted out three tomato plants into that we've got gardener's delight orange queen and a variety known as brad's atomic grape I've got quite a few more tomato seedlings as backups as well, as well as a few more varieties to come along. And what I've decided is that this bed is going to be purely for things like tomatoes. So nothing other than tomatoes going into this bed. What this now means is that five out of my six beds are all in full use. And my sixth bed is going to be for the squash plants, so cucumbers, um, courgettes and pumpkins and summer squashes it's going to be really really packed and i'm really pleased with everything that is going on now i then went into the greenhouse and it was very very warm in there as you can imagine and i've sown some runner bean seeds now we've got quite a few runner beans and pea seeds that i've been sowing throughout the week as well some have germinated some are a little bit behind but things are just moving along really nicely in there so that they can then start coming out now added to that a couple of weeks ago i sowed some sweet corn and these trays of sweet corn they've all germinated really really well so i've moved them out to the cold frame in fact i could see some of the roots are starting to come through the bottom so i think next week we're going to need to look at getting sweet corn planted out but this brings me nicely on to this week's topic of how i go about growing sweet corn from seed well, I'm here in my greenhouse at home and I'm just sowing out some sweet corn. This is a variety called Early Bird F1. Now, this is my second variety that I am sowing. A couple of weeks ago, at the beginning of May, I started my first batch of sweet corn off. And that was a variety called Incredible. Now, because sweet corn has grown so quick, that's why I always wait until May before I start sowing. And I do my first batch at the beginning of May, the second batch in the middle of May, and my third batch at the beginning of June. I like to grow a lot of sweet corn. For me, it is a staple and well worth having in the freezer through the winter months. So I try and grow plenty of it. When it comes to sowing a seed, all I do is I take a single seed and I plant a single seed in each root trainer. I use root trainers quite exclusively for beans and sweet corn because they reduce the amount of root disturbance. And when it comes to planting out this seedling, we just open the root trainer book up, remove the plant with the soil 
and pot that straight into the ground. It works very, very easy for me, and it's a system that I'm very, very fond of. Again, the jury might be open on different ideas on that, but it's what I do and what I like to do. Now, if you don't have root trainers, you can, of course, just use normal pots. There's no harm in it, but I do recommend just one seed per pot because they do have a tendency to dislike their roots being disturbed, which is why I'm always unsure when you see them sold in garden centres in like a rectangular tray where you might get eight seedlings in there. I'm always wary of those because I don't think the seedlings really like it. Now, as I said, the first batch of seedlings that I sowed two weeks ago, they've all germinated and they are growing pretty rapidly, to be fair. I've had to move them outside. The roots are starting to show underneath the root trainer. So for me, that's a sign we're going to need to get those planted quite quick. Sweet corn is a tender plant, really. It needs a summer sun and avoid frost. So that's why it's worth waiting to May before we start sowing the seeds. They grow quick unless you have a polytunnel or a large greenhouse, they're going to be planted outside once the risk of frost has passed, which for me is about the middle of May. So it should be safe now, but I will keep a close eye on the weather, of course. With the seedlings germinated and growing well, which as I said, could take two weeks, we will then look at planting out our sweet corn in beds down on the allotment. Now mine will be grown down on the allotment exclusively, purely because when we plant out sweet corn, we don't plant them in a row. They need to be planted in a block. So I'm dedicating two entire beds to sweet corn. The reason they don't grow in a row, they grow in a block, is because of pollination. Unlike most other plants that are pollinated through bees going into the flowers, Sweet corn is pollinated by a wind, so it relies on the male part of the plant, which is usually at the top, being blown around a bit and the pollen falling down into the female parts, which are usually lower down on the plant. By planting them in a block, we're almost guaranteeing that pollination will happen like that. Now, in preparing the area, we of course want to make sure there's no grass or weeds in the area that these plants are to grow. The areas that I've chosen down on the allotment are the two new beds. Now, what I've done is I've obviously built the beds recently. I've put cardboard down over the grass area on top, and then on top of that, I'm placing fresh compost. And when it comes to planting, I will plant straight into that. This works really well for me, I found. The cardboard acts as like a weed suppressing layer for anything underneath. The compost works well at keeping the adding nutrients and encouraging the plants to grow. And the sweet corn will just do well. I do have a problem with cooch grass and because sweet corn is quite closely related to grass, I do find that it does grow really well on our allotment. Now, once they are planted, we will have to water these seedlings regularly. And I mean to get them established about once a day. Unless it's really hot, then we might have to increase it to twice a day. Highly unlikely, but once a day just to get them established. Once they are established, we can then ease off the watering unless we get some really dry spells. Ideally, we only really want to water our plants about once a week, just keeping the soil moist. Reason for that is when we have roots on plants, they tend to go down in order to search water where generally there is more water. 
But if we water too regularly, like once a day, it encourages a plant to produce shallow roots and relies on you for watering the plants for it to get the water. So I like to encourage deep roots for that very reason. Now naturally we're going to want to keep these weed free and once they are really established and starting to grow I will then start to mulch around the sweet corn. Now personally I will be using my favourite grass clippings. The only reason that that's my favourite is because it's a free source that I always have available. Now, of course, we don't have to use grass clippings. Compost is a really good mulch if you have that available, or straw will work just as well. Either way, it's completely up to you, but for me, grass clippings are my chosen one. In terms of feeding, I find the odd handful of chicken manure pellets does them well. We might add a bit of a comfrey feed from time to time, but on a whole, they don't need much feeding, to be honest. And eventually, the female flowers will turn to the cobs, which means that underneath there, sweet corn is gonna be growing, which is great. That's exactly what we want. Now, when it comes to harvesting sweet corn, this probably won't be till August, September time. It's quite a late crop, really. What we were looking for, at the end of the cobs, we get a load of little tassels. They're like little bits of string just hanging out the back. When they turn brown and dry out, it's time to start checking if the corn is ready. And what I like to do is peel back the outer covering of the corn and just prick a kernel of sweet corn with my thumb. If the kernels are plump and the liquid that comes out is milky, we know it is ready. Once the sweet corn is harvested, what I always do is I harvest all my sweet corn as the last job before I go home and I rush home and I get a pan of water on the hob straight away and we take our sweet corn and we blanch it. The reason for that is that sweet corn, the sugars in it start to turn to starch very very quickly and I'm talking under an hour and we want to blanch those to stop that process and keep some of that sweetness as quick as we can. It doesn't take long to do this, it's just you've got to be prepared. Now, once blanched, we allow the sweet corn to cool and then we can freeze it in cobs, which is what I often do, but it does take up quite a bit of space in the freezer. The other alternative was we take a, a, a knife, the back of a knife, and we run it down the corn to take all the kernels off the corn and we freeze that. Another option uses less space, but it can be a bit more time in processing. Now, some of the things I love to do with sweet corn, obviously, corn on the cob, straight on the barbecue, a bit of salt and pepper and butter, absolutely delicious and so easy to do. But I also make a sweet corn relish, which I take around to barbecues and things like that, and it always goes down well. So there we go. That is how we grow sweet corn from seed here in the UK. It's all about choosing the right site, the right seeds, and harvesting at the right time. Sweet corn is so easy, so please do give it a try if you have the space. Right, let's find out what's happening down on the allotment. Today is Sunday the 14th of May 2023 and I'm down on my allotment. It's been another really lovely day with the sun coming out, although it has just gone a little bit overcast. 
Now, as I've been saying quite a bit in recent weeks, I'm coming down the allotment on a daily basis, just tackling things like weeding, watering, mowing the lawn, all the little boring jobs that need to be done. But I, I think I've said this before, what I am finding is that when I come down on a weekend, I can concentrate on the much bigger jobs because it's all done. And the allotment just looks a lot better and is easier to manage. So <laughs> I know I'm very lucky in that I do get to go home on a daily basis. If you're unable to go home, you work away during a week, it may not be an option. But on a whole, making a visit to the allotment or your garden, I've got to say, is the biggest time saving tip that I can ever share. Now, what have I been doing today? Well, I have actually been planting out quite a few plants. So what I did, I came down here first of all, I went to the shed, I got the hoe out and just hoed around the beds, which didn't take too long. And then into the brassica beds, I added a bit more lime. Now I've got three brassica beds this year, which are, well, they've got plants already grown in them. We've got Brussels sprouts and we've got cabbages. But what I've done is I've added some cauliflowers and some broccoli plants to these beds just to help them out and start filling them up nicely. In fact one of the beds is now completely full with cauliflower and cabbages which is great. Exactly what I want. No land going to waste then. What I have then had to do is cover over these plants with some of my netted cloches. These are hoops that I've had for years. They're just a, a hoop that's covered in netting and I pop these over my brassicas to protect them from pigeons. Pigeons here aren't too much of a problem to be honest but it is something that I try and do anyway now. I do find that having netting over the plants does get in the way when you're trying to do things like weeding because you've got to remove the netting before you can just get on with a weeding which just delays that thing a little. But the fact that it's the only way to prevent pigeons from eating new plants tells me that it's what we have to do. Now I even saw my friend who I often see down here, he's a common lizard. I usually see him in the greenhouse where it's a bit warmer for him, but I found him today in the brassica bed. I haven't seen him for a while, so I was very, very pleased to see him. I'm trying to see if I can see him again because I saw where he scampered off to. He gets a little bit afraid, which is understandable. In his eyes, I'm a predator, but no, I can't see him anyway. But it was great to see him anyway. The good thing, as we've said last week about inviting nature down, things like lizards are going to help with that pest control. And at the moment, pest control is quite high on the agenda. We don't spend ages trying to grow all these plants from seeds in order to, to let the pests destroy them. Anyway, after that I then headed over to the middle onion bed and I had loads of onion seedlings that I wanted to get planted. Now I don't know if it's going to be too late to plant these onion seedlings out if I'm honest with you. These were seeds that I sowed December, January time and I've got to say, you know, as seedlings go they were doing pretty good but I don't know if it's too late to plant them out. Onions generally grow up until the longest day and then they start to die back and it's certainly the case with the overwintered varieties come the longest day they won't get any bigger but what I found and I think this is pretty common knowledge the spring sown ones such as these 
they tend to bulb up, grow the bulbs if you like, when they start to die back after the longest day. So we're just hoping that these seedlings are going to be big enough for them to bulb up and actually produce some decent onions. I don't know if it is going to be the case, but uh, it's going to be exciting to find out anyway. I've got to admit, I've only recently, in the last couple of years, really started growing onions from seeds because I have so little success with them. I much prefer growing them from sets, which for the autumn sown ones is always a lot better result, but they don't store as well. But, you know, we try every year and every year we do tend to get better and better. The hardest problem with them, of course, is just keeping the seedlings clear from weeds, particularly the couch grass that we have down here. Now, talking of the autumn planted sets, oh, I have noticed that a few of them are starting to pot up a flower spike. Now, this is a sign that they are starting to struggle or starting to become under stress, which is a little bit surprising because we haven't really had any hot weather. I know yesterday and today was quite hot, but it hasn't been amazingly hot. The bed itself is in the Hugel culture bed, which does still seem to be pretty moist. And I've watered this on an almost daily basis and I've added a mulch of grass clippings as well so I'm a little bit surprised that they are starting to pot up the flower stem but at the same time I'm not surprised because this is quite common with autumn sown onion sets so the good thing is we just snap off that flower spike and we use them like spring onions so it doesn't get wasted it just means when we harvest those onions we've got to use those first so what I will do, I've made a note of which ones they are, and I think what I'll do is just add a bit of string around each one, just loosely, so that I know come harvest time, these are the ones to use first. Now, I've also gone down to the asparagus bed and done a bit more weeding on there. The asparagus bed is particularly difficult to keep weed free this year, and asparagus particularly does not like weeds. But that being said, we have had a good amount of asparagus and I've harvested some more asparagus today. We're getting a good couple of meals worths each week, which is great. And asparagus for me is just one of those vegetables that I look forward to every year. Now I've also noticed that my broad beans are starting to show pods. We've got flowers and we are starting to get pods, so that's great. We are very soon going to start eating those broad beans, which is a relief because we had a lot of trouble with our broad beans getting wiped out with the cold, which is very, very unusual. But this winter was particularly cold and our first batch of broad beans got wiped out. So to get the second batch in and to actually get beans is a great relief. We just now need to get the, the peas and the beans and the sweet corn in and the squashy plants in as well. And that will mean that all our beds are full. So the next couple of weeks, it's very much gonna be about planting out everything that we can. Well, we've reached the end of another fruitful episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. But before we wrap up, as always, I wanna share with you a delightful recipe for creamed spinach. Now, for cream spinach, we take a good bunch of fresh spinach, which is something in absolute abundance here. We wash the spinach out and remove any tough stems. And then in a saucepan, we melt some butter over a medium heat and add minced garlic. And then we just saute the garlic in the butter until it's nice and fragrant. Then we add the spinach and cook until it has wilted. 
Then we add double cream, a pinch of nutmeg and season with salt and pepper to taste. Just cooking for a few minutes until the cream has thickened and coats the spinach. And then we serve this as a delightful side dish. And it even goes well with pasta. So give it a try. It freezes well as well. So if you've got a lot of spinach, it's something to try out. Now, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, and please consider leaving us a review on your favourite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more gardeners like yourself. If you would like to support the podcast and gain access to exclusive content, then please consider joining our supporters club. For that, I charge £5 a month and you get access to exclusive content, usually extra podcasts, access to the forums, and each month I send out a collection of seeds direct to your door. No seeds can be sown that very month. Best of all, your contribution helps me keep the podcast running, which is really important. More details on that at the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk. Now, if you want to email me, my email address is richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can visit the website at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk and leave a comment on the bottom of a post, or you can leave a voicemail. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Now, thank you so much once again for joining us this week. We will be back again next time. So until then... Please take care.